Hey, everyone. Are we excited to learn of the Word of God? Are we ready to receive? I'm excited. The teaching is entitled, A Call to Repentance. We're going to discuss what is a prophet. We're going to discuss Jeremiah. We're going to discuss repentance. The objective here is really to examine, do we have any unrepented sin in our lives? Just to define, what is a prophet? Can be a male or female, summoned by God to speak to the world. Intercedes on behalf of the people. In the times of crisis, the prophets speak of needed obedience to God and trust in God. Speak of disaster and judgment, but also provides hope. This is a scripture for you, so we can back up. Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealed his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why do we need a prophet? You ever thought about that? A prophet provides repentance, warns people about their sin and the judgment that's going to come. A prophet can help, can really warn you from experience God's judgment. And even that's what we're going to discuss in Jeremiah. Just a background on Jeremiah. <laughs> so, Pastor, I think I was still praying with Tamim. And Pastor, I think and teacher confirmed that I was a prophet. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and Pastor... He said, um, I need you to study Jeremiah. Everyone in here, basically, you know how long it took me to read Jeremiah. <laughs> I'm like, God, I really don't. Because even when I was growing up, I think my um, Pastor Carol Warren, he, spoke, he even spoke that over me about being a prophet. I'm like, I don't understand this. I don't get that. I mean, Pastor probably came to me countless, I mean, numerous of times, just the patience of a of a pastor. <laughs> and I said, I said, Pastor, I want to meet with you while I'm not reading Jeremiah. <laughs> not in pride or arrogance. I said that one, Pastor. I said, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um why? I mean, I'm only I said I'm young, just like Jeremiah. Like, why am I fit to be a prophet? No one's gonna listen to me. No one's gonna hear me. Your pastor's daughter. Maybe they just said you're a prophet because you you're the pastor's kid. Even what some people may think, oh, she, they just said you a prophet. Just come on up, okay? Um, but I said, Pastor, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. I mean, it's fifty-two chapters. <laughs> when I look, when I said, I saw, I said, Jim, okay, like, okay, long book. But it's, but Pastor, just simply, he said, you're gonna understand on the journey. Just obey, and I obey. <laughs> Thank God and. <laughs> read Jeremiah, and it was very beneficial to myself. Something on the bottom of my foot? Okay. 
<clears throat> so really, who was Jeremiah? Jeremiah was a prophet living in the final days of the nation of Judah. Um, he was actually the last prophet that God sent to preach to them. He was a faithful, God-fearing man. Was called to tell Judea because of their unrepented sin. Their God, that God had turned against them was now prepared to remove them from the land. He was the reaping prophet. He cried tears of sadness, not only because he knew what was about to happen, but this the people's refusal to listen. He preached to them for 40 years. But get this, this is what sin does to us. The people of Israel had become so hardened by the numbing effects of sin. Sin causes us not to want to really hear truth. Sin causes us not to want to hear truth. He tried to get them to understand their problem was their lack of belief, trust, faith in God. Along with that was an absence of fear that caused them to take him for granted. So we're going to have a, before I really get into what repentance is, even why am I qualified to be a prophet? Because I asked God that. I have a question for everyone that's here. It's, it's a pop quiz. Who, by, if you know the answer, raise your hand. Who were the five major prophets? So the five major prophets were Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. I just wanted there to be some participation, just really even for us to, to think, ponder, even if we didn't know, to go out and study. So what is really repentance? In the Hebrew, it's called shuv. It's S-H-U-B. It occurs 1,058 times in the Old Testament. That means to turn. A radical change in your lifestyle and behavior. How? You turn from sin and turn to God. We say, oh, that seems so simple but can we do it it's not used as a mere change of intention unconnected with behavior I'm gonna give you an example of repentance when I was 17 years old I came to my parents and I confessed my sin <laughs> I repented I said mom dad I was I was lying about who I was with I think I said I was going to Bush Gardens. I was in North Carolina with this dude. I said, (laughs) 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 Pastor. (laughs) And just just follow me. Just follow me. Because this is really what true repentance is. And this is why I can say, okay, I'm called to be a prophet because the lifestyle that I live. So I said, Mom and Dad, this is what I've been doing. This has been who I was with. And I mean, I was boo, I mean, boo hoo crying. Y'all know I'm not a person that even cried for me. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to do this ever again. And you know what? 
from that moment on, from the time I was 17 till I was 26 till I married Carl, did not have sex. So even when it comes to repentance, there should be a change in your behavior. Because I say, okay, I'm not going to have sex, but I'm going to need the word to keep me. So I'm going to need it. Where is the scripture say flee fornication? <laughs> so even what is repentance? I lived it out. I was like, why am I qualified to be a prophet? Why me? But repentance. Change in our behavior. Not to say, I'm sorry, not going to do it again, but we keep doing it. But it's a change in our behavior. Turning from sin and turning to God. When you repent, you acknowledge your sin, and you vow to change your ways. What does false repentance look like? God rebuked in Jeremiah. God exiled Judah because of their idolatry. But despite seeing this, the people of Judah didn't repent. In Jeremiah 3, 10-11, In spite of all this, her unfaithful sister Judah did not return to me with all her heart, but only in pretense, declares the Lord. The Lord said to me, Faithless Israel is more righteous than unfaithful Judah. What does that really mean? He said, I'd rather you have outright rebellion than false obedience. So really, as I'm teaching, really examine. Am I, have I repented of something I said or done? Have I repented of gossiping, slander? It's not always sex, but just the evil heart. My twisted way of thinking. Not believing God. Not trusting him. So, Al, Minister Al, can you read Jeremiah chapter 5, 1 through 3 for me? Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 1. Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now and take notice. Seek in her broad squares to see if you can find a man as Abraham sought in Sodom, one who does justice, who seeks truth, sincerity, and faithfulness. And I will pardon Jerusalem for one uncompromisingly righteous person. And though they say, as surely as the Lord lives, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, do not your eyes look on the truth they have meant to please you outwardly, but you look on their hearts. You have stricken them, but they have not grieved. You have consumed them, but they have refused to take correction or instruction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to repent and return to you. So here talking about really pride and gratitude. Refusal to repent. Refusal to take correction instruction. Is that us walking ministries? When pastor and teacher bring the word, what is our attitude? Is our heart hardened towards correction? Instruction? 
because as as I was studying, I said, "Is this me? Is this our ministry?" We noticed we know it's the world because the world is totally against God when it comes to gender, when it comes to prayer in the schools. But you see, when we, even when we took prayer out of the school, we've had the most mass shootings. So this, am I that person with the hardened heart? Can I take correction? Can I take discipline? It says, refuse to repent. Even after the, <laughs> am I refused to repent? He said, confess your sins one to another so that we may be healed. So we may not return back to this thing that easily beset us. What were the sins in Jeremiah? Lying, slander, spiritual adultery, burning. Burnt offerings of children. Present day America, sounds like to me. Present day church, <laughs> body of Christ. <laughs> God forsake, had forsaken them because they're spiritual adultery, lying, slander, worshiping, worshiping false gods by all. And even went as far as building altars. Lying and slander. Jeremiah 9, 4 through 6. Let everyone beware of his neighbor and put no trust in another brother. For every brother is an utter, complete supplanter, one who takes by the heel and trips up, a deceiver, a Jacob. And every neighbor goes about as a slanderer. And they deceive and mock everyone his neighbor. Do not speak the truth. They have taught their tongues to speak lies. They weary themselves committing iniquity. Your habitation is in the midst of deceit, oppression upon oppression, and deceit upon deceit. Through deceit, they refuse to know and understand me, says the Lord. I am the one. I am the slander. Am I lying? Am I professing I know Christ when I'm in church, but when I'm out of these four walls, people don't know that I'm a Christian? Am I slandering my brother? Am I going to and fro, gossiping, destroying their character? Or am I lifting them up in prayer? So through, as I'm teaching, really examine, is this me? Is this me, Lord? Because so we need to repent in order for us to have the hand of God on our lives, in order for us to have the anointing, the glory, in order for us to win the world, in order for us to save those that are lost and broken, we have to repent of our sin. And it's as of urgency. Because you see what God, he was serious when it came to, when it came to their worship, their idolatry, their unrepented sin. God, is there any unrepented sin in my heart? If so, rid me of it. Spiritual adultery. Jeremiah 5, 7 through 9. Why should I and how can I pass over this and forgive you for it? Your children have forsaken me. I sworn by those that I know God's. When I have fed them to the full and bound them to, to, me, to me by oath, they committed spiritual adultery, assembling themselves in troops of at the houses of idle harlots. 
They were like fed stallions, roaming at large, each one neighed after his neighbor's wife. Should I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? Spiritual adultery. Are we married to Christ? Are we committed to him? Is he the Lord of my life? What place does God have in our heart? Are we cheating on God with money, cars, our desires, <laughs> our appetite, <laughs> our time? I just don't have time <laughs> to read. I don't have time to study. I don't have time to love this person. I'm just going to be angry. Uh, Even down to the thing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Agreement. Glad we're listening. Engaged. <laughs> Because it's about being truthful so we can really grow and reach the lost. Because I ask God, I repent of anything I've ever said or done. Cleanse me. Wash me. Because the world needs Jesus Christ. They need our Savior. They need to be healed. They need to be delivered. They need to be free. But how else will they know our Lord except that we be free and cleansed from all sin? Building altars to Baal, to burn children as offerings. Jeremiah 19, 4-5. Because the people have forsaken me and have estranged and profaned this place, Jerusalem, by burning incense into other gods that neither they nor their fathers nor the kings of Judah ever knew. And because they have filled this place with the blood of innocence and have built the high place of Baal to burn their sons in fire as burnt offerings, which I commanded not nor did it come to mind and heart. So, burnt offerings of children. I don't know if you, if you all know, but Planned Parenthood was founded by Margaret Sanger. Her whole goal, not made this a racial issue, this is just an evil issue, is that she want, her goal was to really kill black children. And you know there are 60 million abortions that have taken place. Majority of those have been done by blacks. I don't know if you see strategically, they're placing low-income areas. There's one right by Lake Edwards. So there's even people out in the news, there was a guy, I mean, you harvesting baby heads and their heart. So even we're no different. There, there's an issue that even within the church, and their attitude even towards abortion. Where is the cry for the innocent? Where is the cry for the unborn? Don't they have, shouldn't they have a chance at life? Even after carrying a child, there's no, there's, there's no way that I could ever consider abortion. Because even with having a child, you see the creation taking place. How does the brain develop? How does the heart, how does the eyes, the ears develop? How, can, how are they able to hear? How are the organs in place? Why the eye not on the forehead and nose with the mouth? Just really to get us to really think. And even, this is a fight that the church need to wake up to. Abortion. Killing of the innocent. Innocent bloodshed. What about the unborn and innocent? What about us praying for those that are considering abortion, going to the abortion clinic? 
reaching out to those mothers that this child is a gift from God. Because even for myself, <laughs> I was growing up, marriage, kids, like, no, nah. <laughs> that's not me. Never was a thought. But even after getting married and having to me, I said, I said, why didn't I do this sooner? So even this, how the world presents to you that even getting married or you got to answer to somebody else and having a kid, they're a burden. It's a joy to have someone to love you, to fight and contend for you. And then it's a joy to just see their face smiling, laughing, seeing them grow up and mature. So even just think about even our attitude, our thoughts towards abortion. And even if you have, God forgive me. What are the consequences of an unrepentant heart? That God would withdraw his blessings. That's in Jeremiah 16, 5 through 10. I'm not going to read these verses. That the nation would be faced with famine and starvation. You see America now, right? You see how there's earthquakes in diverse places. There's hunger. There's famine. There's all these hurricanes wiping out communities. That means that you don't have a grocery store to go to. You don't have nowhere you can get eggs and milk. Even for America, for us not really repenting and turning back to God, we worship Baal, Satan, with homosexuality, with perversion. Gay pride here, gay pride there. He said, they'll be faced with famine and starvation. Invaders would plunder them and find they would be taken captive into a foreign land. So even still, Iraq, Pakistan, what's stopping them from coming to American borders? So this is why the church, we have to repent, turn back to God. He said the prayers of the righteous. He said if we would humble ourselves, Turn from our own wicked ways, he would heal the land. But unrepentance, it brings, it only, it not only harms you, but it harms others around you. And that's what even convicted me of my sin. Okay, I, I need to be an example for Gabby. I need to be an example for the young people around me. Are we learning anything? So there is a promise, there is a hope. This is not a doom and gloom teaching, but it's, it's for us to really get it right and stop falling and tripping and I can't get up. <laughs> Somebody help me. <laughs> God said in Jeremiah 4, 1 through 2, if you will return, O Israel, return to me, declares the Lord. If you put your detestable idols out of my sight and no longer go astray, and if in a truthful, just, and righteous way you swear, as surely as the Lord lives, then the nations will be blessed by him, and in him they will glory. So really, he's saying if we return in true repentance and really start living for him, 
that even everyone around me will be blessed. He says, there's no good thing that I withhold from those that walk upright. Use myself as an example. Got married, living holy, consecrated life. Where are we going to live? <laughs> the door was open. I was, we was living at Carl's ground, grandmother's house. No rent, no bills. Even to this moment, live with my in-laws. No rent, no bills. Even for my young people. There is no good thing that God will hold from those that walk aright. Can I, can I live holy? Can I live righteous? Yes, you can. I'm a witness. You don't have to let you don't have to let porn, you don't have to let masturbation, all these things of the world, even sex, I'm gonna bring all of this in to have rulership and dominion of you, even that it will rob you of your future and your purpose. It's a waste of time. In and out the bed with someone that, that really doesn't care anything about you. Focus on your career, your purpose. What do I want to do with my life? Because if not, you waste so much time. By the time you wake up, you be 35, 40 years old. Some people 60. <laughs> so it's really, I admonish everyone. Is there any sin in my life that I need to repent for? And I'm a witness that if you live upright, God will reward you. Again, why am I qualified? Because as a prophet, there's a life that you have to live. You have to live a clean, pure life. Is, is Minister Rocket in here? <laughs> Rocket called me um, one night, and she said, Peaches. <laughs> and me and Carl, me and Carl was in Florida. She said, I need some help with this living right thing. Living holy. Me and Carl <laughs> in Florida by ourselves for maybe like, I think, two weeks. Not married yet. There was no, there was not married. <laughs> I was like, can we go to Florida? Because that sex wasn't on our mind. He also, he made up in his mind, okay, I'm doing away with porn. I'm living for God. So we both met each other at a point where you want to live for God, I want to live for God. You want to live holy, I want to live holy. We was on, we had the same mission, same purpose. Okay, now we're doing, let's go save souls. Let's go get the youth. So even still, it's about, Rocket couldn't call. Who was she going to call on? She knew Carl. I, was, I couldn't be with Carl in the bed somewhere. Somebody calling me, okay, I need help. with. How are you doing it? Again, it was about 10 years even with Carl and I. Yeah, we won't end the bed. Yeah, no. <laughs> we had the t we actually had a teaching going. <laughs> so just even from a male perspective and female, you can do this. Porn, he was addicted to porn. Duffel bag in hand. He said, this is it. I'm done with this. So it is about being real, even to my young <laughs> duffel bag. <laughs> but this being real, there's a life. Cause like, how am I qualified, God? How am I qualified? Like, I can look back 
it's not like this is a checklist I have to have, but my lifestyle. What life am I living? What life have I lived for God to say, prophet? I'm like, yeah. Let me see what, what was... What was the life of a prophet? There's some fear of the Lord that has to come for that. Not just running for, for a title. I'm a prophet. I'm Facebook Live, I'm a prophet. Call in if you need a word. <laughs> no, a prophet. <laughs> Call in. <laughs> it's not that. A prophet does not promise safety, security, and victory. They warn the people of their sin because God said, if you walk upright, he said, I will bless you. There's no good thing that I withhold from you. So it's not a doom and gloom, but okay, God, what do I need to get right so I can save my sister, my brother? What do I need to get right so I can go back to the homosexual community? What do I need to get right so I can, if somebody is addicted to porn that, Elder Carl can minister to them. We can't still be in sin. Oh, I can't. I can't help you. That I'm still doing it. <laughs> it's like it's, there's no, there's no way if we still in our sin, because if somebody comes to you, how, how would you be able to help them? So it's like, where is our love and concern for the world? Come out of your sin. My, I'm like, I need to help these young people. How they need an example? Because even though you've ministered in the, in the church. <laughs> They doing whatever behind closed doors and come telling you to live holy. So that was my mission, my goal. So there was no slipping up. Oops, I'm sorry, God. I got. I, I repent. Oh, I'm, I'm still doing it. Yeah, I repent. It just there was no back and forth. It was I want to save this generation. I can't come tell them live holy and righteous. Well, did you? Before you got married, did you? <laughs> I can't tell you to walk out something that I didn't do. So even, why am I qualified to be a prophet? Living a holy, righteous life. Staying in a repentive state. So I can hear from God. It should be the, pa he said, pastors, teachers, prophets. I'm supposed to be working alongside the pastor. Direction, warning for the ministry, for the nation. This is, this is serious. This is the people lives counting on. This is not about a title. I'm, I'm, I'm prophet. I'm in the building. <laughs> no, it's really about. I'm here to save America. I'm here to save the lost, the broken. Is that, is that on our mind? Do we see the trouble that our world is in? I'm, his eyes and his ears. Pastor, we need to pray for this. this is, I want, it's like foresight. What's going to happen in the next three years, five years for the ministry? Do we have food saved? So it's really about me working alongside the pastor and the teacher. Direction for the ministry. Direction for America, nation. What? Okay, where are we supposed to live? What food do we need to buy? Is there, like, where do we go if the, the power grid goes out? So it's really, it's bigger than a title, because I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do this. But I'm, I'm called, and I know why I'm called. I'm here to save America, our nation. Who's crying out like Jeremiah was? I'm not going to be moved by people's hearts being hard. I'm here to save America, the lost, the broken. I'm here to work alongside pastor for direction, wisdom. Where do we go? Where is the attack? Who do we need to pray for? Who do we need to cover? Is there a sickness or disease that's going to attack our pastor or teacher? 
Do we need to go ahead? It's just that way of thinking that sin is not going to rule me because I'm here. I need keen insight. I need, yeah. <laughs> I need to be able to see where is the enemy coming in our, in our ministry, who he's attacking, who we need to pray for, who do we need to cover, not who we need to go gossip about, but who we need to pray and cover. That means who do we need to pray and fight for in their mind? What attack is next for the massive shooting? What attack? Islam. Is Islam going to, and within the next year? Because they have the ISIS fighters here. Where are they going to attack? So just really, God, direction, clarity. Where do we need to target our prayers? What attacks is on our pastor, our teacher, the intercessor? Just it's bigger than a title and us being us waving our title and saying we have a word that said the Lord. It's about sin and judgment, warning, warning to save America. He said, if I could find one intercessor. So I even identified with Jeremiah. I'm like, I am kind of, when it comes to weeping, how we, <laughs> when it comes to the word of God and the condition of the world and people's heart and their lack of concern just for humanity. Who cares about the prostitutes, the, the homeless, the veterans? Some people's heart's not there. But he was the weeping prophet. Like I said, crying is not me, <laughs> unless it comes to the word. <laughs> but also, I'm too young. Why are you calling me, God? Why me? But send me, I'll go. <laughs> send me, <laughs> But it's really about, I want you all from this teaching to really see the need to repent. And then as an individual, even as the ministry, are we like those in, in Judah? Is our heart hardened to the truth? Is our heart hardened to our pastor when it comes to correction and instruction? Because I had to repent. <laughs> Refusing to read Jeremiah. <laughs> but it works out for you good in the end. We all know that as leaders. <laughs> we, we got you, brother. We got you. We got you. But it's really about repentance. Turning from sin, turning to God. And how are you going to know that you're repentant? There's a change in your behavior. As I stated, I never returned back to that place of sexual immorality. That was it. It's not really hard or deep. It's the choice that I made. And my mission drove me to continue despite my flesh. I'm here to save the youth. I'm here to tell them, yes, Devin, you can do this. Tell them no, because it's a waste of your time, robs you of your purpose, your future, just your self-esteem. And God, he has somebody for you. When you don't take the time to focus on your purpose, your destiny, your schooling. Because the gratifying the flesh is just temporary. It's, I mean, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying it's not even worth the saying, okay. <laughs> Somebody that don't really love me or care. On to the next one. 
So it's like you have to get tired. So even when it comes to repentance, are you tired of sinning? Are you tired of displeasing God? So God, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I just, I remember that day, I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. And I confessed what I was doing. I didn't have to do that. I said, this is what I was doing. This was who I was with. And I'm not doing it no more. That was it. So, repentance. Do we need to repent? Has, has our heart been hardened towards the word, towards truth? Are we still dibbling, dabbling in sin? And sin, like I said, could be just our evil heart, gossiping, slandering, can't keep a mouth shut. Sexual morality, fornication, pride, arrogance. I know better than pastor. That's why I can teach better than pastor. So though, that's the attitude, even pride and arrogance. And even that's the attitude that they had even in Judah towards God. Their pride and arrogance, I know better. Refusal to listen. 40 years, refusal to listen. Well, can that not be named among us? Can we get this love thing right? Can we get this love thing right? Can we not be the church of Corinth? Because they didn't love. Can we be the church of Philippi that got in? Even with the, with the fear of the Lord, even in that, that we're not walking in love towards our brother and sister. That's a sin. <laughs> so just, again, repentance can save America. If we truly repent, he said, I will bless you. It's not a, I will bless you as in monetary, but my glory will be seen. People would know my name. They would know that God healed you and delivered. They would know that God is real. This would bring on salvation. This would cause the, even a backslider to come out, come back to God if we repent. So even now, God, forgive us. Forgive me of any evil thought, evil in my heart, evil towards my brethren. Because if not, God's hand is not on our life. There's no anointing. There's no power that we can walk in. There's no deliverance. There's no signs, wonders, and miracles that can take place if we remain in an unrepentant state. So again, examine your hearts. Examine your mind. Because I, as, I as I was studying myself, I'm not prideful, arrogant, I got this, but God, if there's anything, because I can't hear. If I'm so full of sin, how can I hear the how can I hear God? There's no because that when I'm in sin, I have that means I have no relationship with God. I'm the child of hostile time when I'm in sin. Because those who are called who are the child of God are free from sin. Sin no longer have dominion and rulership over me. So again. Where is the fear of the Lord in the church? Why are we not repenting? Why are we not, as leaders, confessing our sin to one another? Because I need to get this thing right. I don't care what nobody thinks. This is what I'm doing. This is who I was with. 
because I need to be healed. I need to be delivered because we are on the mission. Is Welcome Ministry with me? We're here to save the world. We're here to bring the truth to a lost world. Is there any excitement in that? We're here to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ who can save your very soul. And I'm a witness. Who can deliver you. Who can set you free. But that has to be our mission, our motive. I'm here to save the world. I'm here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost and broken. Who those are saddened, overtaken by the cares of life. But who are those who are suicidal, depressed. But we have to be in touch with infirmities of the people. We have to have a love and concern what's going on in our community, our world. So when we arise, will we be awakened to repentance? So God, as an individual, as a ministry, we repent, Father, of any thought, any evil in our heart, Father. Cleanse and wash us afresh, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. We repent. We confess, Father, our sin, the sin of disobedience, the sin of rebellion, because that is the sin, Father. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse and wash us so we can be used by you. Take us out of pride. Take us out of arrogance, Father. Have us to love what you love, Father. Have us to hate what you hate, Father. We repent. We turn from our sin. We turn back to you, Father. We set our desires. We set our appetites towards you, Father. Cleanse us, Father. Wash us afresh, Father. We want to be used by you. We want to be able to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ, Father. We want to be worthy to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to go and save the world. We want to bring the message of Jesus Christ, Father, to the lost, to the broken, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Father. We repent. We repent, Father. We cry out to you, Father. We confess our sin. We confess any unforgiveness, any bitterness, any hate, any strife, Father. Any sexual immorality named among us. Any disobedience, arrogance, pride, Father. We lay it at your feet, Lord. We lay it at your feet. Cleanse and wash us, Lord. We want to be used by you. We want to save this world. We want to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't want to be hypocrites, Father. We don't want to be actors. We don't want to no longer be pretenders, Father. But we want to carry the word. We want to walk in truth. We want to walk in righteousness, Lord. We want you to cleanse us and wash us afresh, Lord. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my motives. Cleanse my appetites and desire, Father, that I only desire you, God. We repent before you as a ministry, Lord, for not loving, for not walking in love, for walking in strife, walking in arrogance, Father. We repent, Father. We repent. We repent. We confess our sin. And we return back to our God. We return back to you, God, our Savior, our Lord. Rid us, Lord. Rid us of anything, everything that's not like you. Come and cleanse me. Come and wash me. I want to be used by you. I want to be worthy to carry the gospel. 
I want to save the homosexual. I want to save that young person. I want to be an example of a godly marriage. I want there to be a hope in family, in marriage, in raising children. <laughs> Cleanse us, Lord. Cleanse us. Wash us afresh, Lord. So we can have that anointing. We can have that power to destroy yokes. So we can have rulership and dominion over sin, Lord. So house of time doesn't have rulership over us. Pride, arrogance, those secret sins, Father, that no one knows about. We confess them to you, Lord, so we can be used. It's time that God will be able to use us. Can we be used? Are we fit to be used? Do you see the need? Do you see the need in our nation? Do you see the need? Do you see the need to save this generation? Do you see the need to save the homosexual? Do you see the need? Do you see the need to, to go get the crackhead, the heroin addict? If we're focused on the kingdom, we will not be overtaken by sin. Who's you, who are you focused on witnessing and bringing to the kingdom? I'm here to go get Gabby. I'm here to go get Najee. There cannot be no division in our marriage. The world has to see, even if they refuse, they can say, you live the holy and righteous life. That example was set before them. That I was not a hypocrite. I was not one person in church and hating my husband when I leave here. But God, I hear your cry to come out of sin, to repent. So we repent, Father. And we no longer return back to the place of vomit, of Sheol. We desire to be used. He cannot use an evil, tainted vessel. He said, a clean and a pure heart, clean hand. Cleanse us. Wash us, Lord, so we can go. Proclaim the gospel boldly to those that are lost. Does that mean anything to us? Because that would snatch you out of sin. Because it snatched me. I said, oh, I got to go save the youth. My flesh doesn't have that rulership and dominion over me. I'm on a mission. My goal is to save this generation. Less, yes, you can live holy. You can live a pure life. And there's a reward. I'm a witness. There's a reward. Where is our life an example to the world? We glorify you, God. We honor you. We exalt you. We repent. And we leave that sin at the altar. Never to return to that place again. Where sin have rulership or dominion over me. But I'm free. Who the Lord sets free and free indeed. What could it have done in those 40 years? But it was stubbornness. The lack of being able to take correction, instruction. Let's take it. Let's take it. Because it's love. God said he loves those that he chases. Let's go get the world. 
Let's go get the lost. Let's go get them. Amen. Thank you, prophetess. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can we really thank God for the word of God? That's able to change our very destiny and direction that we're going. In the middle of all chaos and, and commotion, he's able to bring a calmness and a peace. Suddenly, the word of God can bring a suddenly. Hallelujah. That's if you receive the word of God as such. It can bring a suddenly. Things that you've been talking with for years and some even people decades. But all you need to do is continue to believe and trust in the Lord. Even though I don't see, but there's a knowing, Lord God. Even if I don't live to see, still yet in my time of transition and going home, I, I know that it is. Oh, I'm telling you, God is good. I, you can sit down for a second. Oh, my Lord, Jesus I, uh, I believe that we, we're not accustomed to the voice of a, a true prophet. We, our ears are accustomed to what you're going to get. Our ears are accustomed to, you know, a thing, a house, a car, uh, someone you're going to marry, and those kind of things that we're a true prophet didn't look, wasn't concerned with those things because it's not kingdom. <laughs> See, we're, we're concerned about things that are not kingdom. So that means that you're, look, your mind and your heart is not conditioned for kingdom words, kingdom message. This is one of the, the most loving, electrifying, I mean restoring messages that you may have ever heard. See, when I come to hear the word of God, I'm just excited. I'm, look, my, my spirit is just conditioned to receive. Just accept it. Look, my, my spirit, Ron, it, it, it doesn't have an already predetermined message. <laughs> I don't bring my situation as if I'm coming to the doctor and to get medication for that. I'm not bringing my, my circumstance to God. I'm bringing my heart to God. Oh, y'all ain't with us tonight. I'm bringing my heart to God. And I'm just full, Abby, of expectation of what he's going to do. Having nothing before him but just expecting for him to move. Oh, he, oh, can't nobody move like he does. Some people be telling me when I get up here, I be, you know, <laughs> hey, 
You act like you got something going on. <laughs> like you're recovering <laughs> from a condition. But I tell you, sin, I want you all to, when you walk away, to, to understand the impact that should have happened to you. I tell you. See, I'm still, see, when something is just so good, while you're eating, you, 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 why are you still getting hungry? You want more. Spiritually, it like make way for more, and it clears the plate. Oh, y'all. Y'all not ready. You're not ready. It's like it, it, it's like you you have more than one stomach. And this one full, but then the other one is ready to be fed. That's how I feel. So sin, you know, the churchy traditional way, what you've been told about sin. Sin is what? According to the churchy tr- traditional way you've been told. Sin is what? Mr. Mark, Mr. Mark, and what did that mean to you? What did that mean to you? I mean, come on, Tip. See, this is why our children and us and even the ones before us didn't prosper spiritually is because they didn't become Students of the word of God. Mr. Mark. Yeah, that's what you did, Pastor. You really, really was teaching us how to examine and scrutinize the word of God. To hear what he's really saying. So you don't have to conjure up nothing. You don't have to conjure up a praise. don't have to conjure up a worship. It's just in you and it needs to get out. So sin, missing the mark, still don't know what that means, but all right, <laughs> just don't want to miss the mark, whatever that is. It means to miss the will of God. It, meant, it means to miss the will of God, miss the instruction of God. Sin is not just practice. It's not in practice. Sin is in influence. Sin is a condition. It Look, it's a state of a person's condition. That's your state of being. Sin. We're talking about sin is a power. Sin is a power. Sin is who you are because it's what you do. Sin sin impacts. This is the reality of sin. 
Sin is the building block of an individual identity. Sin is so intricate and it's so deep that it builds on your identity. This is how we become self-deceived. Because you don't know now because of sin, your identity. Sin builds on your identity. This is why no matter what you say to a person, no matter what you do, because look, this is a condition now. <laughs> this is not a common cold. This is a chronic illness. <laughs> it's their condition. It's their state of being. It's like you're trying to ask them not to be who they are because it has become their identity serving God. This is why we have to be careful. See, it's not about the practice that we think. The, the bad things and, you know, fornication and all these X, Y, Z. It is Thoughts and intent in the heart. See, because the thoughts, your thoughts are you. Your thoughts start to identify who you are. Oh, come on. So as the prophetess was praying, I heard because I was, I've been, I've been like, Lord, what is it? What is it with mental illness with the saints? What is mental illness? Why? And they don't even know they have a mental illness. That is the problem. So I'm, I'm hearing the answer, prophetess, because it's the sin that has built. See, it's, it's so far interwoven into the thought of the person. It's tampering with their identity. And they look at you like something is wrong with you. So I said, Lord, so how I understand now why there is so much mental illness in the church. Because there's so much sin in the church. And why is there so much sin in the church? Because there's no real repentance in the church. So the life of repentance, because 
And the most simplest form, repent means come back to me. God is saying, come back to me. Return to your original state. Come back to me. It says, have a change of mind. Come back to me. See, your true identity is with him. So this is why, again, so much mental illness in the church because there's sin and then there's no true repentance. See, see, and see, we're not excited. You know why? Because you don't know your identity. If you really knew who you were, or if you really knew who you should be, it's like, oh, if you knew that you had a hundred million dollars, okay. Or you were an heir of a billionaire, right? So you know who you should be. But you're living outside and you're un unemployed. And you're struggling mentally and physically. So the question is, even yet now while we're sitting here, why is it just an ordinary service to you? You're not ready tonight. It's an ordinary service to you. It's an ordinary service. You know why? Because I can't feel most of you. I, I can't feel you. For those who are born again, they carry consistently the light of the world. And there is an excitement because you have an insight and an intel on what other people don't have. But you don't know that. My bad. But if you really knew, that Lord, how am I really thinking? This, this is what's going on, is that you're thinking wrong, but you're thinking wrong because you're sinning. You're sinning with your thoughts. You're thinking, oh, I've been trying, I've been doing this, and I'm better at this, and it's how you're thinking. You're missing the will of God. This is how you sin. You miss the mark, which is the will of God. And we have become comfortable with missing the will of God. I wish y'all could just see yourselves. I'm going to get off the mic because y'all get mad at me. I wish you could just see yourself. You just tired. Look at Dee Dee. I just mess with you. <laughs> I just did. Miss Dee Dee, I'm not. Pastor gonna get me. Dee Dee, Pastor gonna get me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Elder, 
You gonna help me out? <laughs> um, why? My question is, why aren't you excited? You can't receive something that you're not excited about. Because you know what you can do? You're going to take it and you're going to place it right down. Because you don't see any value in it. This is not my, I came, you, you come with already a, I told you, a already preconceived message of what you're expecting. Not what God has for you. And what he has for you is that you have to. It is now that we live a righteous life. And in doing so, that you must have a pure heart. You See, if you're coming to us to have meetings and, you, uh, and mentoring and all these other different things, and you have not, this is why we say 1 Corinthians 13. This is the safe this keep you safe. The love chapter. You know what? And that's still not good enough for y'all when we talk to you. The love is love. It's still not good. It's not good enough. You looking for another, you looking for something outside the word? Give me anything but the love chapter. Pastor, teach anything but 1 Corinthians 13. But it's only that. Because against that is no law. So it means that the law of sin and death cannot overtake you. It can't overtake your mind. Pastor, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm baffled. People God, um, I want you to come up with me, please. And thank you. You know, sometimes, Pastor and I, we get so disappointed. Not, not with you all. Of course not with you all. Um, just overall, when it comes to believers, and I'm very sad, but we, we, it's very sad, it's very saddening that you have very few Christians who really don't want to miss the will of God. And we find ourselves alone as spiritual leaders because we're not, we're not given a message that is a compromising message. So we are very much alone, pretty much like the young gentleman who was standing under the flag, the student, and he, that was an time for him to come out and pray and obviously not only him but other students as well and he realized you know he kept going for a while and he thought that other students would come and join him but for the entire time that he was out there he was the only student under the flag praying for the country see something like that doesn't go facebook live no one want look no one want to spend a lot of time and talk about that but they give a lot of time to Kanye, things like this that doesn't matter, and uh, trying to protect his thing. But something as simple as a young student that would be brave enough. Uh, the prophetess 
uh, she had it on Facebook, and uh, but I'm gonna sing. You, I'm gonna just forward it to you, and it's just it's it's sad because we as adults are still not that bold because it's still some family members, some friends, someone who you still will not fully be who God has called you to be because they are around you. I was saying, uh, sharing this, don't go to where Pastor you're here, uh, with someone the other day. It was just, uh, I believe it was uh, last night. I believe it was last night, yes. And uh, I went to go get my nails redone or whatever because they didn't do it right, so I'm walking. After I get out through the mall, and yeah, I was very serious about it. You pay your money for something, you should get it exactly what you want. And so instead, I got the owner to do my nails. But anyway, um, walking through the mall, and I'm, I often have these outer body experiences. And I begin to look around at the people and, you know, how in our daily lives, what we do, we come, go, travel, buy things. Just look, the world, you know, people in the world going through the, the motions, right? And I just begin just to look at everything and the stores and stuff and I I'm sure Holy Spirit because I that wasn't on my mind to say to myself uh, he said what if you receive a hundred million dollars what would you do what would I do I said and then he began to nudge me push me more like what would you buy? What would you do? And I said, well, I thought about my current situation. And I said, I'm very satisfied. Not that I wouldn't want more. I'm not saying that. I didn't say I was going to turn it down. But I just reflected to my current situation now. And I said, well, then he said, not only what would you do, but how would you feel? And what would you do? I said, well, I feel like I feel now. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I feel good about my life. Nothing would change. I said, but I guess I would just not do anything with the money and just Put it in the bank and just wait. I said, that's what I do. I just put it in the bunny in the bank and wait. See, instructions. So when see God, if you allow him to, he'll speak to you about things just to see where your heart really is. And for him to do that, that means that he's gonna had to trust me with something. So that means that my life is going to change in some kind of way. Because he just posts. He don't just have a conversation with you just to have one. He posed a question to me because I'm going to be in a certain situation. And then that led to pass when I got to work. Today, and I've been telling people, I said, I'm ready to retire. Been at ODU for 30 years. I'm ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. But 
And you know when it's time to go because you feel yourself gone. I love what I do, but I have a strong pull. And what makes me restless is that I want to do full-time ministry. And I feel with the need of the people of God, I'm even saying this so, so you'd be in prayer as well, as well, is that I have a lot of women who I still want to, I want to spend more adequate time with. I feel I don't have that kind of time that I want to give. And I know all is going to be in God's time, but I went to work today, and I was like, I just felt like I could do anything. When I say that, I mean, felt like I could have whatever. And like, if I really want to walk off my job, I could do it. <laughs> I was, I'm telling you, it's, that means God is really going to do something really special. I'm just telling, I'm sharing that with you because you need to know who you are. You need to know your identity and that there is no impossibility in your life. Everything is possible. You need to know that and then be willing to step out on it. So that's, that's where I am. Um, Frida, I want to, so you can have flexibility in the gift. I'm going to go ahead and just give you $200 in cash. And oh, <laughs> Pastor saying, where are you getting this money from? <laughs> I know he, he is, I'm just, I know, I know him. He, he's, he's the manager of money because I don't, I don't pay no attention to it. So I'm like, man, somebody got to watch it. Uh, please, Lord, thank you. So uh, I have that for you. Uh, are you coming tomorrow or Sunday? you be there Sunday? Okay, so I'll have it for you Sunday so you can purchase your clothes and get your hair done or by whoever you want to get it done by or whatever. So I, I don't want to limit you uh, in your reward. Uh, so Holy Spirit just tug on me about that. Um, I really love, you're welcome from the both of us. I really love what Providence extended out. And I believe, Frida, it wasn't just because, like, you was the first, but that was something for you personally. Something for you personally. Amen. Amen. We love you. We love your stewardship. We want to say just thank you for everyone, for all that you do at Walker Ministry, because it is your ministry. Um, we love, we love hard, and our prayer is that we hope that you can see it through how we teach and how we watch over you. Uh, we really appreciate your endurance because not many people can accept the truth. Amen. But if you can take it, It's a great reward. <laughs> You'll be able to help someone else. You'll be able to help someone else with the truth. Amen. Now let's see if we can perpetuate that. Amen. Y'all stand to your feet. Please. Built, built by B. Boot camp tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Okay, okay. BTW at 10. 
Following that, stretch and flex <laughs> here at Walker Ministry. <laughs> Stay in the glory. Okay. <laughs> Good God. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Let's bow our hearts. Uh, Abba Father, we just want to thank you today just for uh, the teaching, Father. We want to thank you for your servant, Father. We want to thank you for her yieldedness, Father, to her call. You said to make your election sure. So, Father, we thank you right now that you've already given her all the guidance, everything that she needs, that she can be boldly in her witness, Father, for the youth, for her generation as well. Father, we stand here in agreement today, Father, with your anointing, what you would have for each and every individual in here, Father, for their call and also corporately, Father, as we gather together, Father. We ask for your counsel, your guidance, Father. In our daily lives, Father, we thank you right now just for your mindfulness of us, Father, that you would never leave us or forsake us, Father. I just ask, Father, that your love be loosed in this place, Father, in the hearts of the people today, Father. We thank you, Father, for 1 Corinthians 13 because that is your heart and your will. So, Father, we bless you. We honor you, Father. We lift you up in this place today. Just in our hearts, our intent for our hearts, Father, is to serve you, Father, and serve one another. True love is with God and man. So, Father, we bless you today. And, Father, I just ask for traveling mercies as they uh, go to their dwellings today. Father, I pray, Father, that they continue, Father, to hear the voice of the Lord, Father, for their lives, Father, for their families as well. Father, I thank you right now for the blessings, Father, that you have bestowed upon us, Father. You'll shine your countenance upon us. You'll be uh, so merciful to us, Father. You have even given us your shalom, your peace, Father. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, Father. We thank you for the mind of Christ that you have placed in each of us, Father. I honor you today, Father. We come to you just with a repentant heart, Father. Not one that is remorseful, but repentant, Father. We turn, Father, and not only turn to you, but we burn that place that we came from, Father. We honor you. We bless you give you all the praise. We magnify your name, your word in this place today. Fill the hearts, Father, of your people with your love tonight, Father. I bless you. I glorify you. I worship you, Father. I admonish you. I extol thee, Father. There's nobody like the true and living God. Now fill us, Father, again with your Holy Spirit. Fill us till it overflows, Father. Allow us to be great witnesses, Father, in the earth, Father. Let acts of righteousness break out all in our communities, Father, in our homes, in our hearts, Father, right now. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we all said amen and amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah.